You, me, and HIFMB. Stories of science and the sea. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the HIFMB podcast. In this episode, I talked to Irene Roca from Spain, um, who works on bioacoustics. And we had a great conversation about um, different animals that she recorded on her recent trip to Antarctica. Uh, like orcas, humpback whales, um, different types of seals. And she actually does uh, behavioral science through the sphere of sound. So it's super interesting. Definitely give this one a listen. She also has a, a, a very interesting career that uh, taught her various languages like French, um, Spanish, obviously she's Spanish, and, and English, and now German. So um, also versed in her own sounds of languages. Um, okay, I give you Irene Roca. Hello and welcome to the next episode of the HIFMB podcast. And today I have Irene Roca from Spain uh, for you. She's a biologist and a postdoc at HIFMB. <laughs> Hi, Jan. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> morning. Yeah, I'm a, an ecoacoustician. So I work with soundscape ecology. Mm -hmm. What is soundscape ecology? I think I could maybe first describe what soundscape is. Absolutely. So yeah. basically soundscape uh, comprises all sounds that we can listen in a particular place, in a particular moment. Mm -hmm. And this includes sounds coming from different sources. Normally we classify them in, in three big classes. We call them biophony. So all sounds coming from biotic sources, from, from mm -hmm. animals making intentional or unintentional noises or sounds. So mm -hmm. for, to communicate, uh, we can think of whales, for example, um, yeah. calling, but we can also think of snapping shrimps, predating on their prey and then snapping the, their uh, claw. Mm -hmm. And we can also think of sea urchins uh, moving in the substrate. And this also creates some sounds. Mm -hmm. And of course, these are all marine examples, yeah. <laughs> but in terrestrial environments will be the same. And that's called biophony. Biophony, okay. exactly. Mm -hmm. And then we also have antrophony, okay. which refers to all sounds coming from anthropic related sources. So yeah. sounds produced or noises produced by, by humans. Mm -hmm. Like in, in the same example, marine environments, it could mean motorboat or engines from the motorboats, yeah. uh, noises or pile driving or even echo sounders to, to map the bathymetry. Mm -hmm. And all these create some the, the sounds that we call antrophony. Uh -huh. And uh, we also have the geophony, Geophony, which okay. are sounds uh, produced by geological events mm -hmm. or uh, weather events. Yeah. So all rain, wind, surf, uh, sea ice. This is also another big class uh, sound source that we can find in our soundscape. Mm -hmm. And studying all these elements, yeah. each one of them and their interactions, that's what uh, concerns the soundscape ecology. Mm -hmm. all, all, all three? Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. And their interaction. Yeah. And their interaction with the ecosystem and their other aspects of the ecosystem, too. Yeah. Awesome. So even though you're a biologist, you don't just focus on the biophony part, you focus on all three. Yeah, you yeah. can focus on all three. And basically, I, I, will, I will say that the key of studying soundscape ecology is looking at this broader picture, the interactions of all these sounds and mm -hmm. the ecosystem in, as a whole. That's brilliant. Ecology from a, from a sound yeah, perspective. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. But in, in your recent work, you focus, or in, in your work in general, you, you focus on animals in, in this regard? or? Well, yes, 
Personally, I have worked with a broad variety of ecosystems yeah. and, and uh, vocal animal communities. So I have been working with insects, with, for example, studying the assembly rules of orthopteran communities. So these crickets and cotyledons. Crickets, and, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they produce different sounds. Yeah. And I have studied, for example, whether their assemblage yeah. and in specific communities has something to do with their competition for the acoustic space, for example. Mm -hmm. I how, have, how do you compete for acoustic space? Oh, yeah, well, okay. you can consider the acoustic space another resource, like yeah. like food from, for for the ecosystem, <laughs> for example. And then all vocal species that needs to communicate yeah. needs to kind of find their niche, yeah. their channel, right, to to be able to differentiate themselves and understand themselves with their kind of specifics. Yeah. So this makes that they use some resources, some frequencies, some intensities. Uh, some temporal patterns that are specific to that species mm -hmm. and this makes them have their own specific channels and avoid masking with other species That's and sick. this could create some competition for this acoustic space that's cool so cool i've never thought about sound as a, as a resource in this way this is so <laughs> <Yeah>. interesting <laughs> an entirely new world and, it is and and with marine uh, yeah so i also um i also worked um, with birds and anurans, uh, for example. What are um, anurans? Anurans, uh, uh, frogs. And, oh, fr and, oh yeah, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and how anthropic uh, noise pollution could affect their vocal behavior, mm -hmm. for example. And uh, later on, I also studied a little bit fish acoustics. Mm -hmm. And now here at HIFMB, yeah. I'm working with marine ecosystems, mm -hmm. specifically those from the Southern Ocean. So they are basically dominated by marine mammals. Yeah, so poles. Southern Ocean around the Antarctic. Exactly, yeah. specifically okay. the Weddell Sea. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Which Ma is pa that's part of the Southern Ocean? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's at the southern part of the Atlantic Ocean. Okay, so yeah. It's, yeah. So, uh, so where the Atlantic would hit? Yeah, it will, will be between the Greenwich Meridian and the Antarctic Peninsula mm -hmm. area. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the um, weather gyre. Yeah, <laughs> <middle>. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so basically, I'm part of this ocean acoustic group uh, yeah. from Alfred Wegener Institute. Yeah. And this group has, has been developing this amazing network of passive acoustic monitoring. Mm -hmm. uh, so they have these deep sea moorings with recordings attached. And it's this incredible acoustic observatory that has been running since 2006. Oh, shit. Okay. And uh, they have a lot of station now, stations now through the Weddell Sea Basin. Yeah. So it's it's amazing because it's non-invasively already uh, um, uh, recording while we are speaking now. So yeah. so it's it's continuously recording information in a non-invasive way and that we can work with and understand a little bit better that ecosystem. Do you know how many there are out there? And how many like microphones or high? Well, they have I think around twenty-two sites now. Of okay. course, they are not all active uh, at the same time because yeah. they they can record for two or three years and then we have to go down <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, back there uh, with the ship and then we recovered and redeploy new ones yeah so it depends of the transects that it, our plan to do with the ship then we can go and recover mm -hmm. some of them so it, it normally is planned so the path matches those recordings that need to be changed yeah. because uh, they cannot record anymore but yeah i think there are around 20 20 22 uh, recording stations mm -hmm. uh, through the weather basin yeah and, and that changing like that maintenance you've uh, i think you said you you've recently been on a trip where you've done that right? yeah exactly yeah. so okay. we we uh, recover mm -hmm. 
the the moorings we bring them on board yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we get the data that has been recorded and stored in the recorders mm -hmm. and uh, we bring it back home <laughs> to yeah. analyze and we redeploy new ones so another recorder with uh, new batteries new yeah. uh, fresh uh, SD cards. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was gonna ask. So it's just SD cards. <laughs> yes. Okay. For now, yeah. that's what we are using in okay. in this How uh, big are they? network. Uh, that's a good question. Oh, <laughs> you okay. got me there because I don't remember exactly. And Steffi will will be angry at me <laughs> not remembering <laughs> that. But um, yeah, I can I can look it up. Yeah. No. No. It's fine. Sorry. <laughs> Um, okay, and the, the so when you when you go out and and but big enough to last for two or three years and with with the sampling frequency that we uh, schedule so yeah yeah <laughs> quite what, big <laughs> what, what what format do you record on is it is wave wave it's yeah. Raw wave, okay yeah. right should be should be fairly big then yeah <laughs> <laughs> it is <laughs> but with uh, new technologies you have very small cards with uh, that can record a lot of data already so mm -hmm. yeah it's. It's, it's increasing with with the new um, acoustic technology. I think it's it's yeah. getting easier and easier. Yeah, and and so when you when you have these recordings that are continuously recording, you then um, how do you know that what's there when something is there? Do you like get alerted or? or? Yeah, well, that's one part of m my task here mm -hmm. at HIFMB, for example. So as you can imagine, this is a huge amount of data that is being stored. Mm -hmm. um, all the time and a lot of sites that you you will need to go manually or visually exactly, you know and yeah. hourly listen to it or just look at the spectrograms and and to know what is in there yeah and this is of course not possible to do yeah. for all of that for yeah. all of it so if they've been recording for like what two years to, uh, since 2006 oh yeah yeah exactly. yeah that's massive so we welcome methods that allow us to automatize this process. Mm -hmm. And we create models that allow us to directly detect or classify the, the different species that we want to detect mm -hmm. in these recordings and mm -hmm. alert us and say, well, this is um, the presence of a humpback whale or the presence of a specific seal. Or And so uh, one part of my work at HIFMB, the first part was uh, to create some of these models to mm -hmm. automatize this process. And then once you have this information of the acoustic presence or absence of the different species in different times or in different sites, mm -hmm. then you can work with this information and learn something about um, their ecology, of course. So with these recordings, for example, um, with the presence absence information, we can draw maps of their distribution in time and space, mm -hmm. for example. And we can also use these acoustics to learn more about their acoustic behavior. Mm -hmm. And because there are some species that have different vocalizations, uh, there are different populations. We can distinguish different populations, even to the individual, some That's species. Um, and we can also know where these populations come from or if two different populations come, coming from different oceans mix in, mm. in the Waddle Sea. And of course, we can also know in which period of their life cycle event they are, if they're mm -hmm. in, in reproductive period or or not. So yeah. they have socializing calls or reproductive calls, mm -hmm. for example. And knowing these, we can also learn a little bit about their ecology uh, by relating these to the conditions of their environment. Mm -hmm. For example, the sea ice concentration or the sea ice conditions at that specific moment. Yeah, exactly. So and and if you if you make distribution maps or if you think something changes in their ecology, do do animals always make sounds? Like could it ju just be that 
they were there, but they just didn't make a yeah, sound? It's yeah, it's completely possible. Yeah, okay, that's right. one of the drawbacks yeah, of, okay. of, of the method. Exactly. Right, okay. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah. how was your recent trip, actually? How oh, was it? Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> that, that, that was your first time in the Antarctic, right? Yes, yeah. it was the first time. Oh, sick. I saw some pictures on Twitter. You need to check that out. It's, yeah, it's I incredible. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was really amazing experience, and um, it was for me it was really interesting because I have been working with these recordings for very long, for mm -hmm. already like three or four years. Yeah, and I I never ha I have never seen before the ecosystem yeah. where it comes from, you know. So it was for me it was really really nice. Yeah, and interesting. Did, yeah. Did you see any of the animals that you're working with? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I saw we, we saw uh, different whales and, oh, and cool. Antarctic uh, seal species. Yes. Oh yeah. Speaking of whales and and Antarctic species, you brought some sounds with you today. Yeah, definitely. We, we can, can listen to them. Yeah, um, perfect. We can listen. For example, we can start with the with the whales. We can mm -hmm. start. I, I brought uh, a humpback whale song. Okay. An example. <laughs> it sounds a little bit yeah, like really a, cute. Yeah, yeah, it sounds so cute. Sounds a little bit like a guinea pig when it does the. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I will think about that next time <laughs> I listen to them. Yeah, it's a very large guinea pig. So that was a humpback whale, right? Yes. Yeah. And I also um, brought some recordings from killer whales, some mm -hmm. whistles. Yeah, they sound super that's, similar that's, to dolphins. Yeah, exactly. They're odontocetes. Yeah. So they produce sound in the same way. Mm -hmm. And um, I also brought recordings from seals. Okay. From Antarctic, the true Antarctic pinnipeds species, the four species. True, true Antarctic pinnipeds? Yeah, true Antarctic uh, Are they Are they untrue? Untrue. Well, they're, <laughs> they're seals that have the ear, um, the external ear or the... Mm -hmm. the, the the true seals don't don't have it and, and, and they also cannot stand that's how you identify them they are also uh, different families <laughs> and, and the others are called fake seals or uh, no four seals for example oh, for, okay. or, or um and sea lions ah okay right i brought examples from weddell seal skulls mm -hmm. That's insane. That sounds <laughs> like a spaceship. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> those are underwater uh, vocalizations. Okay. And I brought also crab, crab eaters' uh, moans. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just a fart. No, from, no, it's uh, not a fart. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, it's 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 the moon. It's they have high frequency and low frequency moons mm -hmm. that um, we we record in the in the Weddell Sea area, and L no, like, that's how come that seal sounds sound so different above water than below water, or do they not make the typical er er sound? Uh, yeah, well, that sincerely, I don't know <laughs> that, that this sound, but uh, this is the calls that the crab eaters um, produce underwater. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, you, you had some more species, you said? Yes. Yeah. Um, then we have also the leopard seals. Leopard seal.
that sounds so so nice. It's really cute, and yeah. they, they are the most aggressive species, actually. Know, yeah. So <laughs> they're huge. So the the yeah yeah. How big are they? I think between three and four meters. Yeah, that's... it can be very very big, and they're quite aggressive. They actually predate on the crab eater seals. Oh god, okay. a lot. Yeah, on the pups. Whoops. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> then they sound just like a chicken or an owl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. Now, okay. And the last one is the raw seal whistles. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, no, that's uh, the... Sirens. Uh, sirens. Sirens? No, no whistles. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, that, that sounds <laughs> just like a spaceship now. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. true. The, those, <laughs> but I really love them. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I really yeah. like how they sound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure, yes. Nice. Okay, so your the first part of your um, work at HFMB was this automation of, of recognizing different sounds. Yes, exactly. And um, what was the other part that you mentioned? Yeah, so I used these models to extract um, the acoustic information, the acoustic presence mm -hmm. in long-term series of data from the actually the this Antarctic pinniped species. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to understand a little bit better what happened um, and what was their relationship with the sea ice cover in mm -hmm. a particular station? Because um, this station that we call Palaoa, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's near Neumayer station. Um, it's, a, it's very interesting because we have observed that every austral summer, mm -hmm. these seal species reproduce um, off Palaoa in the sea ice. So mm -hmm. um, they they haul out on the sea ice flows and they they give birth and nurse their pups there. All four of the species we've yes, okay. Weddell seals actually they are more permanent mm -hmm. the whole year are present off Palawa, but the other three so crab eaters leopard and raw seals mm -hmm. they actually come mm -hmm. back every summer and then they go towards northern latitudes for the winter. Mm -hmm. Okay, and we have observed that they return to the area of Palaua yeah. every summer. Okay. And the interesting part is that we know that the sea ice flows are critical. The sea ice cover is yeah. critical for their breeding. Yeah. And we can also track their breeding period because they produce these mating calls mm -hmm. or, or, or they have this acoustic behavior that marks this breeding period okay so so you can say when they're in a reproductive phase you can tell that from the from the sound yeah exactly yeah. okay and we have have also observed that there is a succession so normally crab eaters seals calls we start to to, to listen them before around november um, october november mm -hmm. then uh, leopard seals start and then yeah. raw seals okay until january something like this mm -hmm. and so we can mix these two information, so mm -hmm. the sea ice cover and their acoustic phenology, mm -hmm. and say something about their behavior during re uh, the reproductive period. Mm -hmm. And we have observed that during very negative sea ice anomalies, so when the sea ice concentration it's it's very low, and um, then of course the seals or is non-existent. It could even be that during the period in which they need it, mm -hmm. then of course these individuals need to search for another um, optimal area to breed yeah and this of course expends some energy in in doing other activities that are not the normal reproductive ones absolutely yeah and we have actually 
observe through the acoustics by by um, recording their their acoustic behavior that they this happened in some specific years mm-hmm. so in the summer from 2010 and 2011 for example mm-hmm. um, in which the eastern Weddell Sea had almost no sea ice cover already in December in, or it was really low yeah um, so, so in southern hemisphere summer there was no uh, ice cover well, there. in the in the eastern Weddell Sea specifically, eastern, it, yeah. it was somewhere else. But we are always comparing to the historical mean. Yeah. And that summer, for example, was was very low. Mm-hmm. Normally, uh, in December, you you still have more than fifty percent uh, ice sea ice cover, even yeah. more. Okay. And in that summer, we register um, less than ten percent. Yeah. Okay. Right. And. We also observed that the um, the acoustic activity of the four seal species decreased mm-hmm. during that summer compared to other summers. Mm-hmm. And specifically two of those species, so leopard seals and raw seals, the timing or the end of their acoustic uh, period mm-hmm. ended um, earlier than normal. So basically this means probably it means that they left the area of Palaoa farther off enough that we couldn't record them anymore. And this indicates that somehow they had to look for somewhere else to, to continue and go on with their normal activities. Yeah. Would they, could they have found somewhere? Is is there anything at that time? Well, there actually in far off, there was no sea ice cover um, either. So, um, we don't know. <laughs> that's yeah, okay. that's something that we we will love to continue researching and find any leads by studying other events like this one. Maybe we can understand better what happened yeah. during that year. So there are a lot of questions still to be answered, of course. But this gives us some some ideas and some better understanding of the implications of of changes or yeah. drastic changes in in the sea ice cover in this area for example was that the lowest the sea ice has been for now or until now it was one of the lowest um in 2016 mm-hmm. 16 17 there was another low and this year also 2021 22 yeah. register also i think it was the lowest oh, okay and in the the whole southern ocean so i mean i know it's still within the normal variation of the sea ice cover okay. um, in the southern ocean yeah but it's coming a, a little bit more frequent that that before mm-hmm. okay so yeah we will see we will still still um study this yeah. <laughs> this event so, yeah. so um when you say we uh, and you mentioned the the ecoacoustics group at avi um mm-hmm. but here at at hfmb there's there's you and who else at hfmb i'm the only one i have been the only one for the last three or four years mm-hmm. together with ilse Silan, it's my my supervisor which is um part of alfred wegener institute yeah too but i'm confident that this will change in the next <laughs> in the next years yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. sweet Okay, and sorry, are there any follow-up projects planned for for uh, what you just said, like for the anomaly in 2021, 22, for instance? Or yeah, I'm I'm currently analyzing these data. Oh, you are okay. and trying to understand also what's happening with the sea ice cover in this region. Okay, and uh, since you're a, a, a sound person, you're you're also quite versed in your own sounds in in languages. You, oh. you speak you speak a lot of languages. I think you speak like Spanish, French. German, what else? Well, English, English. A yeah, bit. English. <laughs> <laughs> which we're speaking now. Yeah, yeah, 
those those I speak. No more though. No, uh, no, no only, more. Only uh, those. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's pretty impressive, and you speak them all very well. I think. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and how did you how did you come across them? Like how how did you learn them all? Well, I will say for me it works better when I leave <laughs> in the in the country in which this language is spoken. I think kind of forced me to to learn it. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I will say that's my recipe. <laughs> so, so you've you've obviously yeah obviously you've lived in Spain. You, wh yeah, where are you from in Spain? Um, I was born in Madrid. Mm -hmm. In yeah, the capital. Yeah, exactly. Are you, are you excited about the uh, Champions League final? Well, I don't follow it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I will say okay. I have many other things in my plate now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, but, so you yeah, so I study in Madrid. I study biology in in uh, Complutense University in in Madrid in Spain. In your bachelor. My bachelor, yeah. 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 And I specialize in, in ecology and zoology. Mm -hmm. I did the end of career project in the southern of Spain, in Sevilla. Mm -hmm. And then I did my PhD in Quebec, in Canada. Yeah. Where did you do your master's? Is, is that the project? The you specialization. Right. Yeah, I did um, the whole... Um, <laughs> I, I studied during the old program in Spain, which the the bachelor was five years. Oh, I see. So right. three three general ones and two specializations, which is equivalent to doing a master. Yeah, we had the same here in Germany. It's called diplom. Yeah. What what's it called in Spain? Mm, sincerely, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <doesn't laughs> I don't. I think it's it was just a career. Yeah. And it was five years, and then you specialized, and yeah. Okay. <laughs> and and that was all in Madrid, and then a little bit south of Spain, and yeah, the it. last year was south of Spain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. And in uh, University of Sevilla, another university. Yeah. <laughs> and then I did my uh, PhD studies in Quebec, mm -hmm. in, in Canada. And during the last year, while finishing, I did an internship in at Syracuse University and also Cornell Lab of Ornithology in Ithaca, mm -hmm. so New York, um, United States. Yeah. So th and there I work with um, fish acoustics. Okay, on the in yeah. the ornithology lab you work with fish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have this big lab uh, of with acoustics, um, and they study birds and orange fish, mm -hmm. um, yeah, whales too. So, <laughs> what fish did you work with? Um, with to toadfish oh, specifically, yeah? and yeah, a couple of others. Yeah. Do, do you have a? I think you brought a sound I, of the toadfish as well. I have a toadfish well. sound. Yes. <laughs> toadfish coming right up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's so cute <laughs> ridiculous well, well yeah well, i i don't even know what a toadfish looks like to be honest but it sounds super cute yeah it's it looked like a chicken or something it sounds like a chicken yeah it does to me. yeah yeah <laughs> it's exactly. really cute yeah. <laughs> cool so that's um yeah ph when yeah when did you get yeah. into bioacoustics actually during my phd i specialized yeah. in in soundscape ecology okay but yes. was the was the was it uh, advertised as a as a soundscape ecology phd and you got it or? uh no well the phd was uh environmental science mm -hmm. and my subject subject specifically was soundscape ecology okay yeah and that's what what animals did you first work with well, there I work with, uh, as I mentioned before, the Arctopterans. Oh, yeah, I yeah, also the, work the with birds, yeah. with an orange, also with fish. Okay, So right. quite broad variety of, of soundscape. Yeah. <laughs> and how long were you there in, in Quebec? I was there for five years. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and yeah, after I finished, I worked a little bit for six months for the ministry, also with acoustics, mm -hmm. helping them with... Um, to analyze some recordings from also a network that they were building. Yeah, on on what on yeah what what network were they building? 
uh, acoustic recording. They were they were also monitoring acoustically okay. specific sites, and so they wanted oh, right. help I, with analyzing and creating models to okay. <laughs> automatize the process. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I came to HIFMB to do my postdoc. Mm -hmm. Okay, and your uh, contract in at HIFMB started in 2018. You said. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you're one of the very first, uh, first. postdocs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pioneers. <laughs> yeah, the, the, exactly. Pioneer. Yeah, that's the right word. Yeah, HFMB exists since 2017, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. And now your contract is almost over, I think. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. And yeah, I'm I'm moving now to Canada again. And sad for us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's sad to go, but also exciting for what is to come. Yeah. And, um, Do you go to the same university? No, okay. no, it's it's still in Quebec, mm -hmm. uh, but it's uh, a different university. This is in Ottawa, okay. in Gatineau, <laughs> near Ottawa. Okay. And uh, there uh, we'll be working with the beluga whale in mm -hmm. the St. Lawrence River. Ooh. Yeah, so very exciting too. Yeah. Do you know what they sound like yet? Well, I have an idea, but <laughs> I have to get uh, familiar yeah. with it and with yeah, the exactly. ecosystem. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> Cool. So, so we are almost at the 30-minute mark. Our, is there anything uh, we haven't covered that you want to mention? or? Mm, no, I think we cover a lot. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> um, I maybe would like to just highlight um, how, how important these soundscapes, these sounds are for the ecosystem, how yeah. critical are also for the different species that use them to communicate, to, to navigate, um, to detect prey or predators, for mm -hmm. example. And therefore, I think it's very important and our responsibility as humans <laughs> to to respect them and to preserve them. Um, and I think it will help our children to be able to to hear them and enjoy them also in in the near future. Exactly, that's so well said. And and even in this in this short podcast, you've you've opened up a whole new world to me with like the <laughs> niche and 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 uh, sound as a resource. It's it's super interesting. It is. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye everyone. Want to dive deeper? Surf over to hifmb.de or follow us on Twitter at hifmb underscore ol.